Hello friends, I'm back with a new episode of the College Nook podcast. Season 2 is going to be very informative and full of different types of conversations, so I hope that it will benefit a wide range of listeners. I've been putting a lot of time and effort into recording and editing all of these conversations, so I decided to start a Buy Me a Coffee page, where supporters of this podcast can make a small monetary donation. So if you find this content valuable, consider supporting this podcast by making a donation, sharing your favorite episodes on social media, or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Any help you provide goes a long way to helping me keep this podcast going. Thank you. In today's episode of the College Nook podcast, I'm speaking with Adam Zaltzman, the founder and CEO of Adventure EXP, which offers destination work experiences customized to students' life and career goals. Adam and I discussed the value and benefits of studying abroad and studying away. Adam founded Adventure EXP with the goal of democratizing travel and making it more accessible. Learn more about how you can travel to the coolest spots in the US, get paid, and gain valuable experience. You can learn more about all of these offerings on adventureexp.com and I'm going to leave the link to the website below in the description. A kind reminder to subscribe and follow College Nook Podcast on social media. Your reviews, downloads, and comments is what makes me continue this work. Without any further ado, Adam Saltzman. Adam Zaltzman, thanks so much for joining me today. It's uh, really good to be able to connect with fellow Bobcats again. Um, it's been kind of interesting journey for us. You know, first we met in uh, Ohio at Ohio University. I hope that this conversation will be useful for our listeners for several reasons, because I really think you have a lot of valuable um in kind of interesting and experience and knowledge to share regarding your experience studying abroad, uh, helping other students study abroad, and now helping our students study away. So with this, I wanted to ask you to share a brief summary of your experience with international education, studying abroad, and what you're doing these days. Yeah, Natalie, thanks so much for having me on the podcast, and I'm thrilled to be here and, and see you again. This is awesome. Um, yeah, so when, when you and I worked together, I was a study abroad advisor at Ohio University and had just come back from my first summer living in China for about four months, where I was studying at a university, studying the Chinese language there. Um, since then, I've spent about eight years working in educational programming from study abroad to international student support to recruiting international students for internships around the world. And now I'm working specifically with American college students, helping them travel to desirable locations throughout the United States for what I call destination work programs. And with this kind of experience, um, do you feel like there's gonna, there was a point in time where you, you know, the spark for international education was born? Like, how did it all happen for you? You know, can you go back in time and think about what inspired you 
to go and study in China? Mm. That's an awesome question. Uh, when I was in high school, I decided to get a part-time job at a local Japanese hibachi restaurant down the street from my parents' house. Although it was a Japanese restaurant, it was owned and run by Chinese people. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I was a busser and then I moved into the kitchen and was a prep chef. And through a, what I would call maybe osmosis and me just being open-minded, um, I started learning a little bit about Chinese culture and the Chinese language. So that's where I first really fell in love with, with, uh, with that culture. And that actually helped um, forge my path that I decided to go to Ohio University, study finance and international business. And then one thing led to another, and I really connected with the Chinese professor at OU, and they offered this program in China. So I, I knew I had to lean into it based on the previous experiences I had had. That's awesome. You know, oftentimes when students think about studying abroad or studying away, they often think about that financial burden that comes with that. Mm. I wanted to maybe sh kind of talk a little bit about some options that students can um, use when thinking about these different things. Like for you, in your experience, like what are some things for folks to consider um, finding these opportunities? Yeah, I, I love that question. I think there's there's kind of a lot to unpack there when you think about the cost and how to make study abroad or study away accessible. If you think about it from an international context, first you can think about length of program. If you go for a summer break or a semester, a winter break or a spring break, each of those, depending on the length of the program, longer programs will have a larger program fee, more expensive program fee. Um, so first you wanna think about length that you're gonna go, as well as if you're gonna go abroad, think about what you're going to do when you go there. If you're going to study and get credit hours, well, then you're gonna pay for credit hours as well. Um, if you wanted to go and work abroad or, or work domestically on a work away program, like the program I run that I'm sure we'll talk about, um, then you can help offset the cost of that travel with that or volunteerism, right? Going abroad to volunteer is a way that maybe it's a more affordable way where you can earn your, your room and board by volunteering. So um, first two things, the length of program, as well as what you want to accomplish when you're on that experience. A couple other nuances I think that are important to mention is you want to think about where you go in the world. Think about the flight. A flight to Australia is significantly more expensive than a flight to Ecuador, for example. Whereas you also want to think about the exchange rate and the cost of living in those countries. Uh, the exchange rate from the, from the U.S. dollar to the British pound or the euro, for example, is less favorable than the exchange rate of the U.S. dollar to, you know, going to Thailand, for example, and, and their currency yeah. there, as well as the cost of living in South America or even Eastern Europe is maybe a really good example of the comparison versus Western Europe, right? It's, it's more affordable to live in Eastern Europe than it is to live in Western Europe. So those are all the pieces that's to true. think about with cost. So first, that's about cost. And then the next piece is about funding, right? There's um, programs do a really, really effective job about um, offering scholarships, allowing you to utilize your financial aid. So it's really important that you work with your programs and your advisors at your college to see about access there and the study away office, um, as well as external scholarships, whether it's the Gilman scholarship or other diversity-based scholarships or need-based scholarships. There's loads of, of funding opportunities out there. Um, and, and then the last one I want to bring up from a funding standpoint is like GoFundMe pages or asking people in your community, mm -hmm. friends and family, 
I yeah. think this concept of traveling with purpose is really what studying away means to me. Um, it's something that people in your life want to support. So all you have to do is ask and you always have no in your pocket. So going out there and, and telling your story, sharing what you're passionate about and why you want to have this experience, you may open up some funding opportunities. Absolutely. And you really bring up a good point with the whole idea of experiential learning, right? Because essentially you are going abroad, you're studying away with the idea that you'll learn something new about yourself and about mm -hmm. other people. And maybe you learn new skills pertaining to your future career. And I think that's something that uh, really is important to me when I think about studying away, because honestly, I've been working with students on campus here in Denver that can't really afford to study abroad mm -hmm. in Italy or Britain or Scotland. And so... I always talk about the true benefits and value of studying away just outside of, you know, purely going outside mm -hmm. of the country. And you mentioned a good point, and I wanted us to maybe unpack a couple of other important reasons or benefits and values that experiential learning and studying away brings to student experience. Mm -hmm. I love this question. Uh, the, the first thing I want to mention to preface uh, my, my response here is that um, there's a there, there's a quote that I really like about meaningful travel that coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. And what that means is that when you step out of your normal life and you take time on, right? That's that's important branding that we're not taking time off. We're taking time <laughs> on in our lives. You come back a different person. And it's the experiences mm -hmm. that you have, whether that means you spend nine months in China, like I did, or if you move the state over and go live with a family, if you're volunteering on a Navajo reservation in Arizona or something like that, coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. So um, experiential learning allows you to step out of your comfort zone and doing it on a program, whether that's a study abroad program or a university program or a work domestic program or a volunteerism volunteer program, it allows you in a safe and structured way, yet independent, stepping out of your comfort zone and having those meaningful life experiences. And, you know, it brings me back to my first time when I was leaving home and going to Ivano-Frankivsk is like eight hours away from my hometown to my college town and how scary and nerve wracking that was and how much I grew over mm. that experience. And then I was ready for something bigger. And then I apply for these different programs and come to the United States. So I think you are absolutely right. I, when I do go back to my hometown, I am a different person. Um, and I think a lot of times students and overall, like I want to say in our culture, I often meet folks who say, I want to go to college here in my hometown because I have family and friends here and I don't want to leave. Um, and I think uh, to me, it's kind of like a little mission to change their mind mm. to step outside of their comfort zone and try something different because with that experience, uh, again, new horizons will open up and you'll just learn so much about yourself. Um, I wanted to, I, I really like sharing people's stories and I try to share my own experiences. I wanted to ask you about your experience studying in China and what kind of 
I think may, big lessons learned you brought with you from that experience, or maybe how that experience changed you or set mm. you for future. Anything like that? That's a wonderful question. <laughs> uh, my, my time in China was transformative. Um, first of all, I think studying a language allows you to perceive the world differently because the way a language is constructed. You see it in some of the slang that they use, or or the the way they introduce themselves. That it's indicative of something very deep in their culture and what's important to them and what they value it and things like that. So first of all, I think going abroad and studying a language or just studying a language in general is an important transformative experience because it gives you a um, a perspective unlike what you've been raised with.、Um, the juxtaposition between American culture, which I would describe as an individual culture and individualized society, whereas in Asia and in China, for sure, it's a collectivist culture. So,、um, seeing how decisions were made in a group of Chinese people versus how American people make decisions was important for me, and I absolutely have embodied some of that process about considering, you know, empathizing really with other people's. Needs and feelings and perspectives and and making sure that it is open、um, to ultimately reach the the best solution and that's something that I, I very much learned in China between the difference of an individualized culture and a collectivist culture.、Uh, I, I also really appreciated probably my favorite part of Chinese culture is is how they have meals together in that、um, you know in, in American culture、mm -hmm. we're used to. Ordering our meal, our burger, and it comes on our plates, and you know、uh, we talk before we order, we talk、mm -hmm. while we're waiting for our food, then we eat in silence, and then we talk after, and maybe maybe in the、yeah. interim we say like, hey, how's your burger taste, or something like that. And there's <laughs> nothing objectively wrong with that. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the experience in China is it's a much more communal experience that. Four people、mm -hmm. sit down to a meal. You order six dishes. Everything is shared, so therefore you're having the same flavors, and you can discuss what、um, you know、uh, about the food and the experience that you're having, for example. And 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 maybe that's a narrow,、um, like a narrow example of the culture. But I really enjoy the communal aspect of, of meals in China. Yeah.、Um, so yeah, I I think those are probably、that's、the、awesome. things that stand out the most about my experience in China. That's awesome, yeah. And it's funny when we talk. There is always something that is、uh, vastly contrasting for me because I do come from a collectivist, more society into the United States, where I have to make my own decision. And it's like, whoa! For the first time in my life, I have to think about whether I want to do something or not, and it's kind of challenging. So, I think that that just highlights right the value of. Going into a different environment and experiencing some, something else. I think last year you started this new venture、um, called Adventure EXP. Could you share a little bit about this project, where you're at, and what's the mission of this? Yeah, I appreciate that question.、Um, so,、uh, like you mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Adventure EXP. We host destination work programs, helping young American job seekers obtain paid seasonal jobs and internships in desirable locations around the U.S. The whole idea is to democratize travel. You know, the the question we posed earlier is how to how to fund abroad experiences or study away experiences. There's nothing wrong with、um, you know a study abroad program spending 
a semester in Tanzania building an irrigation system. Frankly, that's a wonderful experience mm -hmm. that if you're if you have access to that, that's something I would I would encourage anybody to participate in because that's wonderful to be in that community and have that experience. However, I just believe in truly democratizing travel because I believe in the power of meaningful travel and that young people can benefit from it, whether that is going halfway around the world or like I mentioned, going to just a different region within your own country. The benefits are real. Research shows that. History shows that. And I believe in Adventure XP by offering paid positions. It allows young people to travel with purpose to cool places around the U.S. and then work to help offset the cost of that travel. Mm -hmm. And in terms of uh, participation, and I know that you are working both with students and employer side, can you share a little bit about the types of experiences students can participate in? Yeah, great question. It, it very much depends on the time of year and the location that you participate in. If you were to come in the summer on one of our programs, then perhaps you can work at a summer camp or at an amusement park or um, mm -hmm. somewhere in you know a, a touristic community mm -hmm. doing some sort of recreation guides or outdoor activities. Whereas if you were to come mm -hmm. in the winter, because of the nature of these seasonal businesses, you can work um, in, in a wide variety of different food service positions, in the hospitality industry, culinary, as well as um, in ski instructors at a lot of ski resorts we work with. Um, there are some other internship components that we work with. Think engineering, mm -hmm. accounting and finance, sales and marketing, positions like that, where someone who's maybe early on in their college career and trying to figure out where they want to fall in it and, and where they want, um, you know, where they want to spend their time and continue their college career, they can apply some of that knowledge. Let's say they're an undecided engineer, then they can mm -hmm. come on this program and through one of our pro, um, employers that we work with, they're in a rotational engineering program and they can learn a little bit about mm -hmm. mechanical engineering and electrical and wastewater mm -hmm. engineering and things like that. So um, those are some mm -hmm. of the types. Awesome. Of, of opportunities that we offer. Huh. And so you're saying that students can even gain potentially college credit for doing something like that. Do you work with some colleges and like, can that happen? We have in the past. Um, admittedly, mm -hmm. that that um, is a little bit outside of the scope of the purpose of what we're offering. For me, I, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. If, if a student says, hey, I want to go travel, I want to work to help offset the cost of my travel, and at the same time, I'm going to get college credit, that's absolutely something we would support. In general, most of the positions that we're offering will likely be outside of the scope of what you're studying or if you're interested in taking a gap year, whether that's before or after or during college for that matter, um, it's okay to have a position you're studying finance and you take a ski instructor position for spring semester, that's okay to take time on in your life to have that experience. Um, first of all, you may find that you're interested and passionate about something you've never been exposed to before. And, mm -hmm. and secondly, I think it's a much needed gumption. Young people traveling on their own, the interpersonal skills you gain from living and working on your own, the professional skills of joining an organization, and the technical skills you join from you, you you gain from actually doing the job, they're transferable to your future career. So <laughs> it's um, getting college credit. We will gladly support it, and we have supported it in the past. But it's not necessarily the purpose of the program. Mm -hmm. Got it. And when it when it comes to applying for these opportunities, when do you recommend the students start this, whether it's, you know, junior, senior year or earlier in college? What's your take on this? 
That's a great question. First of all, I just want to plug here that for any study away yeah. program, whether it's a study abroad program, <clears throat> volunteer abroad program, our program, time is your most valuable asset. Take the time to start researching opportunities that you're interested in. Take the time to talk to professionals, work, you know, uh, interview other organizations, whether it's at a study abroad fair or the study away office, or you find someone online or at a career fair, take the time to start planning. Mm -hmm. With time being your best asset, it will help you create the most valuable experience for you. So first of all, just wanted to plug that. The time is your most valuable asset. In terms of particip participation in our program, um, I think it really depends. And, and it's very much in the spirit of democratizing our travel in, in for, for students and college students. Um, Probably the most common is sophomores and juniors that are coming on this experience. <laughs> juniors, if they're specifically looking for an internship, then you know they do come and pursue our program, and there, there are many. In many cases, we can fulfill that internship opportunity. Um, yeah, underclassmen, freshmen, and sophomore, I think it's a good chance if um, if you're looking for a summer job or want to take a semester off um, to figure out your next steps. Really, our mm -hmm. mission is to help young people be more confident in whatever next step that is. If, if that next step means you're more confident in the major that you want to pick when you go back to college, great. That's exactly what we want. If your next step is that you want to move to Argentina because of a coworker you met and you really connected with them, great. Be more confident in that choice. Um, ultimately, mm -hmm. what we want to do is provide you with the tools to be successful in whatever capacity that is. And frankly, I'm not... I'm not um, entitled to an opinion on what, what a student uh, you know, wants to do in their life. I just believe in providing them with the resources. Yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to all these different programs, it sometimes can get overwhelming with the different steps students have to take. So I wanted to ask Adventure EXP, how can you support a student? What exactly can you help on this way, you know, um, applying, looking for opportunities? How can you support students? Can you tell us more? Yeah, great question. Uh, basically, we, we take a consultative and a comprehensive approach to helping students decide on, it, first of all, if our program is right for them. And then if it is, mm -hmm. which of our programs, meaning location, job, time, and, you know, everything that comes with it, what makes most sense for them? So first of all, we are always upfront about what we are and what we aren't, which means if a student comes in and they have, you know, an expectation that they want to, um, I don't know, have an internship on Wall Street, for example, in investment banking, mm -hmm. those are not the types of positions we offer. So we want to be very upfront that this is not the service that we provide. So if that's what you're looking for, here's some resources and some other contacts that we think you can reach out to. So for uh, first and foremost, we're, we're open and transparent about what we are and what we aren't. Um, then it really comes down to this consultative approach of asking the hard questions, like what are your goals on this experience? You know, if you, if you were to participate in this experience, what would your life look like afterwards? Um, asking questions like that, that, that are difficult to answer and rightfully so, because most important questions are difficult. We, we take that approach yeah. with students and then through that, ultimately, then we recommend um, which programs we think meet their needs, whether that is location based on the activities and hobbies they want to explore, whether that's the job availability based on their budget, right? Because I think democratizing travel, we we work with them on, on building their individualized budget. So based on the, mm -hmm. the cost of living that they have coming in relative to the cost of 
the housing that we provide and the cost of living in that region, um, I want them to make the right decisions about, um, you know, what makes most sense for them. So it's really a consultative yeah. and comprehensive approach to helping them decide. And in terms of the timeline, when students are deciding to do a summer experience of some sort, when would you recommend that they start actively reaching out to you and other folks? Great when question. When they kind of already know what they're uh, looking for. Yeah, great question. Uh, well, first, I want to say that it's never too early to start. Truly, 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 time is your best asset. Um, in general, though, uh, for our summer programs, you want to start thinking about it probably around December, or January, February time, mm -hmm. uh, time frame. And then we'll start presenting you with program opportunities and actually introducing you to our partner employers around February, March. And then you'll start your program likely in May or June. Um, our programs range from two to 12 months. So it's very much um, customizable in what makes sense for your situation. Um, now thinking about the flip side, I'll also our next cohort, which is our winter programming. You think about, um, you wanna start thinking about those maybe in August, September. You'll start meeting with employers around October, November. And then most of those programs start in December or January. Mm -hmm. And in terms of when you say meeting with employers, uh, is there an interview process? Like how does it look or is it different from employer to employer? Great question. Um, our, our program is, um, it is a destination work program and we believe in the mm -hmm. power of democratizing travel for students. However, I personally feel a core value of mine is that students should be getting in front of employers and they, they should be in interviews throughout their schooling because it's some much needed grit in their britches, so to speak. It's a much needed life experience that will help them be more effective in telling their story and showcasing their experiences. Interviewing with our partnered employers is what I would call a safe space. Because first of all, there are partnered employers, so they already know that we present rock star students that want to have this transformative experience. So they already trust us and they are assuming positive outcomes that this student is going to be great. Okay. And so yeah. it's a safe space there. But then also as part of mm -hmm. our program, we have career coaching, which means that we work with you mm -hmm. on your resume. We work with you on interview prep. And again, oh, we ask awesome. you the hard questions to prepare you so you can really go into that conversation with your best foot forward. Um, and, and ultimately our, our acceptance rates by employers is very high, but getting denied by an employer is good because an interview, just a quick plug here is a two way street. If an employer yeah. doesn't accept you, um, then there was something about that employer that wasn't right for you. And ultimately, we have to trust those systems. So owning that and recognizing that as we go into these situations, um, I, I, I really feel strongly that the interview is an important piece of success, not only for our program and, and finding the right students that are going to be the most successful and be safe and, and have a positive experience, but then also mm -hmm. it's just an important life experience that we want to support uh, oh. students with. Yeah, I so agree with you. You know, I've uh, actually been working a lot with seniors this last year who are applying for jobs or, you know, juniors who are applying for internships and um, application after application after application and then finally interviews. And it's just next level. It takes so much energy and practice. And they notice that with the next interview, they're better at answering questions because Let's be honest, with that interviewing process, there is some kind of sort of a game or rules that you have to know. So 
the more practice you have, the better it is. And so if folks are doing this during their sophomore or junior year, they're already practicing for when they have to apply for full-time professional jobs after they graduate. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. Practice, practice, practice. So I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, how can students reach out to you? What's the process? How can they start that conversation regarding the opportunities that you offer? Yeah, great question. Um, we, we work with universities. We work directly with universities. You can find us at career fairs and, and study away fairs, first of all, um, as well as you can find us on social media and, you know, we'll include the links in the, in the bio here. You can find us on our social media on Instagram and DM us there. Um, as well as you can always come to our website, um, adventureexp.com. And from there, you can do a little bit of research. And, and this is important as you're expanding across all different programs that you're considering for your meaningful travel experience and how best you're going to spend your time on, um, Check, around, che- um, check out these websites, play around, and see what types of programs are offered. Think about um, specifically on our program, because our core value is that we believe in democratizing travel, is that we're upfront in the pay rates of the types of positions that we offer in each location. We're upfront of the cost of living in that area, and we use various tools on our website, as well as a basic budget calculator that, based on the pay rate that you're going to be earning, and our employers all guarantee a minimum of 35 hours per week, and then the housing that we provide is never more than 25% of the monthly um, monthly earnings of the student, um, you can build from there, what does your budget look like? And is this an experience where if I were to go on the Rocky Mountain Adventures program in Aspen, Colorado, okay, I can expect based on my, my, my budget that I should make $500 per month after all of my expenses. So if I do it for four months, I'm leaving with $2,000 positive and a great experience where I've, you know, skied wow. my face off and like lived in a really cool place yeah. in the United States. Um, so, um, my best advice to you, first of all, for contacting Adventure XP, you have our social media and our website, and then um, contact us through universities that we partner with. But then, moreover, in general, do your digging for, for these types of programs. See what type of information there is and ask. Ask questions. Um, get into a room with people that provide these programs and ask questions and be upfront and honest about what your needs are and what concerns you have. Awesome. And uh, that I am, I'm a numbers person. So when I heard you say that housing is usually 25% or so of their paycheck, it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So it's good to know this information even going into this, because sometimes I feel like, again, that cost is really um, is frightening to a lot of folks. Well, this season of my podcast, I'm ending with one last question, and I'm going to try and ask all of my guests this. So uh, here it comes. What would be one piece of advice you would give your 20-year-old self? Mm. I love that question. When I was 20 years old and studying finance at Ohio University, I knew for certain that I wanted to move to New York, work on Wall Street and be an investment banker for my career because that was how I was going to add value to the world and have everything that I wanted. My advice would be <laughs> um, to be more open to uh, to every single experience that came my way. And I likely would have found educational programming and international education even faster. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I would say, uh, on that and, and maybe that's a much bigger concept of the fact that we are always changing. I'm going to be a different person tomorrow than I woke up today. And, um, each day looking back now, me, when I was 20 years old and the priorities that I have uh, had and, and now what priorities I have and the interests and the passions and how I'm spending my time primarily are vastly different. So I think in general, um, it's to be open to new experiences because, uh, that's the beauty of life in my opinion. Yeah. Stay open, stay curious, and just keep exploring. Because you know, I can't, you know, I can't agree more. Just because I work with so many first-year students, and they come in and say, "I don't know what I want to study. Maybe it's computer science, maybe it's philosophy." And I said, "Well, guess what? I also don't know what I want to do honestly with my life, and I'm, you know, already past college. So there's always that. I think what's next for me, right? So I think if students just don't put these barriers around themselves and are more open and exploring more, as you said, maybe they'll find their passion or interest even faster. So this was awesome. Thanks so much, Adam, for talking with me today. We'll definitely stay in touch. Thanks for having me. This was great.